Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. Hey, singing to us in the background is our good buddy, Dave Barnes. His new album, Who Knew It Would Be So Hard to Be Myself, released a couple of weeks ago, and it is incredible. And if you have not grabbed that, I totally think you should. And he's going on tour, so make sure you head to DaveBarnes.com and check out where he will be. I'm going to be at a couple of the shows just because I like him and I want to. So I'll be in Chicago and Nashville. And so make sure you say hey if you're at one of those shows. Many of you know, and it's my friend and producer Chad's very favorite day of the year. Today is the day that Major League Baseball kicks off. It is opening day for baseball season, America's pastime, as they like to say. I was born and raised outside of Atlanta, Georgia, so I've been a diehard Braves fan my whole life. And many of you know, if you've read my books or if you've followed my life at all in the last few years, that there are Vanderbilt baseball players who go to Cross Point, who go to my church in Nashville, and have just kind of become little brothers to me. And a few of them have gone on to play in the major leagues. And this is a collision of all my very favorite things. Today on the show is our friend Dansby Swanson. Grew up in the same town. I grew up a little bit before him because he's a lot younger, but we grew up in the same town. He came to Vanderbilt, which is where we met and became friends, more like um, siblings. I just absolutely love the guy. And now he is an Atlanta Brave, which is just the coolest to me. And so I asked him to come on the show today. I've been wanting to have him on. I think you're just going to love him. He's just a great dude. But also, it's a great way to celebrate opening day for Major League Baseball. So here's my conversation with my favorite Atlanta Brave, Dansby Swanson. Dans, I miss you, bud. How's it going so far? It's been great. I'm like, I'm maybe the happiest I've ever been, honestly. <gasps> no. Okay, go. Tell me. You're the happiest you've ever been. I mean, we had breakfast a month ago, two months ago, a month ago. Uh, about a month ago. Right yeah. before, well, right before you left. Before. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're the happiest you've ever been. Tell me everything. You're going to make me cry. Stop. 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 Um, I guess the biggest thing, um, just kind of see a lot of how like God's been working in my life. I know sometimes that always sounds cliche, but just I've been keeping a prayer journal um, ever since I got down here. Yes, tell me. Well, the biggest thing is like every night I just kind of write down things I'm praying for and, um, you know, people I'm thinking about or just situations or whatever it may be. And when I, like by doing that, I just see how much he actually does for me, like on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I just wake up so much more thankful now. And I'm just like in this world I haven't been in as far as like um, fueling myself with positivity and fueling myself with the things that really matter. And it does, has nothing to do with, you know, but just me, my faith, my happiness and the people around me. So it's, it's been unbelievable. So doing it at night makes you wake up grateful. Yeah. Honestly, like everyone I wake up and, uh, now I'm to the point like where some of my first thoughts are just like thanking God for waking me up or, um, you know, just like very positive about life and all the situations that are being thrown my way. Oh my gosh, Dansby, I love that. I love that like you're the best you've ever been and it has nothing to do with your job or your health or your anything outward. It's all inward. I know that's it's crazy and um you start to become so thankful for people that you're around and you know there's people in my life that like really started to just make a difference for me and uh I don't know, I'm just in such a good spot and I don't really see it slowing down because it is like real and authentic. You know, it's not just emotion, it's like um it's like true joy. You know, I, someone, someone said to me one time, happiness is, you know, based on your certain situation and, you know, uh, joyfulness basically is like a condition of the heart. And that's like kind of where I'm at, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It makes so much sense. Yeah. It's so, really beautiful. Yeah. It's awesome. Are you going to write about it? We won't tell the world what a good writer you are yet, but. Uh, one day, one day, but maybe. You need to. Your essays are so good. Uh, I've been writing a lot like in my own journal, just like handwritten stuff. Just yeah little things that pop up here and there, uh, but nothing, nothing lengthy and substantial like some of the stuff that I've sent you before, but uh, it, I'll get there. You know, I will. I believe you. I know. That is so good, bud. What made you decide to start? I mean, was that like, because well, I guess let's set the stage for everyone. You're at spring training. Mm -hmm. You play for the Atlanta Braves. Yep. ATL, baby. Yeah. And the day this, this actually comes out next Thursday, which is I think when the season opens, right? Yeah. Opening day. Yeah. That's what we, we planned it. We knew what we were doing. We wanted you on yeah. opening day. <laughs> Yeah, we like to let people know that we know what we're doing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's how we live. So will you back up and just tell our people a little bit? I mean, a lot of people probably know who you are, but tell a little bit of your story of growing up in college and how you ended up back in Atlanta. I grew up in Marietta, Georgia. I went to Marietta High School. 
And um, my whole life I played basketball and baseball, and I just knew that there was a calling for me to play baseball. Um, I was kind of underrated and overlooked my whole life. Um, so I got recruited to go play at Vanderbilt. Okay, hold on. Talk about the calling to play baseball. What do you mean? I agree with you, but tell me, put words around that for people who are trying to figure out what it means to be called to something. It kind of has a lot to do with how I got recruited. So when I got recruited, I didn't really get recruited by anybody. And Vanderbilt was pretty much the only school that reached out. And I just kind of like took a leap of faith because I knew that's where I wanted to go. And I kind of just felt like God was steering me in a direction um, to go there because it was going to forever impact me. Um, you know, I didn't know what was going to come with it. Um, obviously, Vanderbilt's an expensive, pricey school. And I mean, people know, but baseball, it's not like it's super well-funded. It's not like everybody that plays baseball gets a free scholar, you know, like a full scholarship and goes to school for free. So, you know, I, I left school with a lot of student debt on my hands and I knew that going into it. Yeah. And, and I just kind of took a leap of faith that by going there, I would be in a better spot leaving it than when I came in. And every bit of that came true. So for you, the calling to baseball, you knew you had the skills, you knew you had the expertise, and then you just saw an open door and trusted it. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I went on my visit, I just, something about it was just like, this is where I'm supposed to be. It was the, whether it was the people, the actual baseball, the city. Um, but there was just so many factors that were driving me to be there. What was your relationship with God? Like when you finished high school? I've always been a man of faith. You know, I grew up in a, in a home that valued going to church and I grew up in a home that, um, valued relationship with God. Um, but I really started to come into my own after high school. I mean, I was obviously a believer and, I think faith is something that it continues to grow more and more and more in me. And well, that's because of my platform or whatever it may be, but you start to see the importance of, you know, trusting in a, something far superior than just ourselves. Yeah. I've seen that. And you, do you remember the day we met? It's okay if you don't. No, I do. I, no, I do. Cause it was at cross point. Yeah, it was at cross point. I remember I can tell you where we were standing at the old campus. Yeah. Well, cause we were, I came with Connor Harrell. Yep. And we were having that little, uh, like little small gathering, like group gathering after church because we had to go to the uh, evening service, I believe. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was the evening. It was when our college ministry then. I remember because it was so fun because people were like, wait, he's from Mary to Georgia and you're from Mary to Georgia. And I was like, wait, I know who your dad is. I know exactly who you are. I know. It was so funny when we connected because we were like, we always talked about this too, like, Oh, you're from Atlanta, then you must be, you must be good people. You know, like that's how we we look at it. And once we established the connection of you went to Sprayberry, I went to Marietta, we knew the same people you knew. Um, my dad, because of like his business that he does. And then when we established our love for the Falcons, I mean, it just hasn't slowed down since. Did you see on my Instagram this week, Dansby, that I got the chairs from the dome and they're sitting on my front porch. Oh, I got it. I'm picking mine up when I get back after spring training. Hey, listen, you should, if you want, my um, carpenter here named Stevie Essler, her Instagram is built by Stevie. She put it on a base and added armrest with cup holders. That's big time. Right? Because it's it's awesome. I'm glad you got them too. Do you know if you have red ones or black ones? I think they're red. Okay. Mine were too. Yeah. Yeah. I got got a number seven too. I asked for that. Oh, you did? Yeah. I wanted a seven. I got eight and nine. I was close. It's okay. That's awesome. So did you get one? Well, there, I think you can only get two, right? You can only get them in pairs. I got two, and I'm hopefully going to be able to split them up. And I want to give one to my brother because he's a big he's a big Falcons okay, fan. Here's too. the problem: they only have one um, armrest. The, the, like they're connected by one armrest in the middle. But I guess they were all connected on. I guess that doesn't matter because at some point they were all connected to each other. Correct. So and they've I'm, split them into twosies. We're smart people. We'll figure it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just telling you, if you need to bring them up here to Stevie, she can work that out for you, man. You can do. She can do whatever she wants. I love it. Whatever you want her to do. Um, yeah, we love the Falcons, and that sealed us for life. Exactly. Like that. That is our bond. Is that in the Braves? Football. I mean, tell our, our friends listening. I mean, it's just almost beyond maybe what you would have thought would have happened that you would end up back playing for the Braves, who is the team that you cheered for your whole life. A God thing. And I, my stubborn self didn't like it in the beginning either. Um, you know, I got drafted by... Yeah, talk about that. I love that part. Talk about that. I got drafted by the Diamondbacks. And about three months in, um, in December of 2015, I got traded to Atlanta. And immediately, I mean, you can't even make this up. I got a hundred phone calls and 300 text messages that night. And it was honestly, it was like miserable because I didn't want to talk to anybody. I mean, no one really knows how it feels to get traded, but 
being traded. I mean, it's almost like someone telling you, Hey, you're not good enough for what we need. You know, like that's what right. it feels. And so I didn't really understand what was going on and I was not happy. I really wasn't. I wasn't like over the roof that I was going back home because I kind of wanted to form my own life away from Atlanta. You know, I kind of wanted Oh, sure. To, Cause you'd only been in Nashville for four years and then back to Atlanta. I, you know, I kind of wanted to create some new life away from some folks and not that there's anything wrong with Atlanta. I literally love Atlanta with all my heart, but I didn't know if I was ready to, to play there. And more and more, I started to realize like, no, I'm like, I am meant to be here, you know, and I'm meant to be around my family and my friends and, you know, build something special there, which is what I'm on the path of doing. Talk a little bit. This is your third full season in Major League Baseball. It's my, all right. So I got called up in August of 2016. So I played okay. like a third Tell of a year. Tell people what that means to get called up because not all of us are baseball pros. So basically I spent uh, most of the year in the minor leagues and then getting called up, I got put on the major league roster so I could basically play on TV every night. That's what that means. That's right. That's exactly right. So yeah, so then last year was my first full year in the major leagues. And then this year will be my second full year in major leagues for my third year in professional baseball. And last year you played, talk a little bit about last year and what happened um, with the season and just the pressure of being the Atlanta guy? Uh, yeah, I struggled. <laughs> I really did. Uh, you know, I'm confident in saying that it was one of the, probably the worst year of my life, you know, uh, just, it was a miserable time. Like you don't understand how hard it is to be from Atlanta and get all this pressure thrown on you and not live up to those expectations that are set for you outside of yourself. And, you know, like I never really struggled that much and that consistently before. And it took a toll on me. I mean, you know, from talking to me some, like it was hard. And, um, you know, not that I wasn't able to handle it, but I don't know if I was ready for that extent of the failure. You know, I handled it with as much grace as I could and as positive as I could. But I mean, it took every bit of everything out of me, you know, and, yeah, you know, I'm recharged again. And, you know, I've made every necessary adjustment I've needed to make in my life. Uh, both on and off the field to basically set myself up for, you know, success this coming year, which is what we talked about, like, you know, some of the happiest times I've ever been, like the happiest I've ever been is right now. And a lot of that is due to some of the things that I've changed up, you know. Would you see this same happiness if you wouldn't have gone through what you went through last year? I think, you know, we talk about we grow the most during tough times. And when everything's going good, you don't make any adjustments. And, um, you know, I have a lot of, respect for people that can be at the top of their game but continue to evolve um you know amidst the success but failure teaches you so much and i really you know we talk about god's timing is everything and there's so many things i can start to list out that his timing is everything and me struggling last year was one of them really like you kind of can even be thankful for it oh yeah and you know it last year was miserable it really was but I am so tremendously thankful that I went through it because if I didn't, then, you know, I probably wouldn't be in the same seat that I'm at right now. I think something that I found really interesting watching you live out last season, um, because it was hard for you times a thousand more than your friends and family, but it was hard for your friends and family to watch you hurt too, right? Uh, and, and, and nothing they can do about it. You know, that's the thing. Is, right. Uh, I mean, what are they going to teach me about baseball? I mean, you know, like right. <laughs> the nothing. I mean, my dad can help me a little bit here and there. You know, he's a really good baseball mind, but at the end of the day, I'm the one doing it and I'm the one going through it. And, you know, it's funny, you start to see like the same, like just, it's kind of the same feeling you get when somebody that you really care about is really sick or something. And you're just like going through the flu, you know, and you're like, I just, I hate it for him. I wish I could help. But it's that times a thousand, you know, that's yeah. really, cause it was just a six month sickness basically. And just so people know, it wasn't, it really wasn't, personal life as much as it was like play on the field right my personal life has always been extremely blessed my family's great we all live close by my family or my friends are amazing um but you know when what you do consumes you know 95 percent of your day and it never goes as planned you know i just get my butt kicked every day and you go home and it's like and it was so public oh yeah oh yeah and everybody's got their own opinion you know we talk about social media and Everyone's got their own opinion, and yeah. What's it? What's it like for you after a game where maybe you don't have a hit? What's the? What's Twitter like for you? If it's a long stretch, you know, like a slump, it can be pretty ruthless. And it's just funny how people, you know, it's just funny how people act when there's a screen in between them and what's actually going on. Everyone thinks they're an expert at something, you know, and 
it's just that's, that's human nature. It really is. But you, and you really start to learn to just tune everything out and you know, and be what you need to be in order to put yourself in the best position to succeed. Like, let's say you've had a bad run, three games. Do you even open Twitter or, or are you opening and going like, it doesn't matter, I'm doing the best I can, blah, blah, blah. Or do you just like stay away from the internet? Uh, a lot of it really, it, it kind of depends. But I mean, there got to a point last year, I was like, there's nothing positive coming from Twitter and, and things like that. So I just completely shut it out. Um, you know, the one thing I've learned the most lately is just, you can never fuel yourself with enough positivity. Uh, whether it's um, listening to podcasts, uh, you know, I'll, I've been keeping up with Crosspoint's uh, sermons, and then no, I haven't listened to yours yet from Sunday, uh, but I will. Thank but you. I will. I believe uh, you. But, I believe you. And just like reading, and just the more you f- can put good things in your brain, it's unbelievable how much better life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so much of it is your what you are feeding yourself. I mean, it's just like food. What you feed yourself determines what, who you are. Exactly. It's like, I mean, if you consistently put bad things in your body, your body is not going to react well to it. And if you're consistently putting bad things in your brain, it's not going to react well. And I mean, I think for the audience, the our friends listening to know, I mean, your face was on billboards oh, yeah. and on sides of buses. banners, oh, yeah. sides of buses, everything. And then you get sent down to the minor leagues. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on, for people that don't know me, I mean, I don't really care for the attention. Um, I right. just like to be me. I like to stay low key. I like it to be about. But you have great hair, so there's like no pretending <laughs> like you're right. Dansby. There's no hiding. No, there's none. But you know, I, I like to stay low key and just do what I do and impact the people around me. But it was impossible to do that. Um, just from every perspective, when your face is plastered across everything, and you know you're like listed out as the savior, it's not easy. Uh, especially when you struggle a little bit, and it just. You know, for lack of a better term, you just feel like you just get thrown out of the bus, even though it's nobody's intention. <laughs> and and your just, face it, is on the side of it. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, it's nobody's intention. It's just, that's just how it goes. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And the thing that amazed me the week you got sent down is you felt such relief. I felt like the world was over my shoulders, like off my shoulders. Yeah. You know, I was like, got the piano off my back. That's what it felt like. Just because yeah. finally I was able to just like decompress. You know, there was so much tension and bad things built up in me that kind of just was all able to get let go. And you were down there for not very long, right? Down at was it was it the Gwinnett Braves? Is that where yeah, you Gwinnett went? Braves? And it was it was like eight days or something, nine days, however long it was. But what did you learn from God in that window of time? Uh, honestly, in that window of time, it just allowed me. I think I'm not sure I necessarily learned anything in that moment. I think it was just Him kind of working, saying like, "All right, here's your breather. You know, like here you can decompress for a minute, and you can get back to doing what you do." Uh, but this off season, I feel like that's when I was able to reflect on the year and really get to where I am now to this point. You just kind of had to keep working and get your head down. And then when the season's over, you got to go, okay, let me think about, let me look back on that before we do this again. Yep. Yeah. I think that's great advice to me for me, even though I don't play professional baseball, this idea of like, okay, a season's ending. And especially since it's spring. So literally winter is ending spring just started what can we look back on winter and go, okay, before we kick off a new season, really, what did I learn? What went wrong? What went right? And what do I? What are the shifts I want to make just like you did between baseball right, seasons? Exactly. And that's why, you know, when I came back to Nashville, I'm not even sure if we had talked about it, but yeah, I even told some of my closest friends that, I, that were there, I said, hey, like this whole week, like I don't want to see nobody. Like, I, I yeah, just that's wanna, right. You hold up. I know. I just want to be secluded and just like, really just be by myself for a little bit and get away from everything. Just be around my dog and, you know, love on her and uh, just kind of be away from everything and then start kind of including yourself back into, into the social scene and with different friends and stuff. And, you know, I've surrounded myself with so many good people that it's hard not to be happy around them. And, you know, they, they all make me better. And, uh, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. Is that true off season and on season? Do you feel that way when you're with the Braves too? Yeah. Well, because I mean, I live at home, right? You know, I got my own right. house with three of my best friends. And so, you know, they could care less if, you know, I'm 0 for 4 or 4 for 4. You know, I come home right. and, and they're just happy to see me. They don't, they treat me like I'm, you know, their best friend. They don't treat me like I'm a baseball yeah. player. Like you just went to work and came home like they did. Right. Right. Just a little bit, yeah. la- just a little bit later. That's all. Yeah. 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 A little bit later at night. <laughs> That's exactly right. What do you feel like 
God is saying to you about this coming baseball season? Is there anything particular that you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be? This is what I'm supposed to do? Honestly, the biggest thing is just like how amazing it is of an opportunity it is to just be yourself. You know, like the fact that we're on this earth anyways is already, it's so blessed the fact that we're even alive. You know what I mean? And you start to realize that the odds of like you being born are ridiculous. You know, they really are. And he has a plan and to trust and believe in that plan. You know, there was even points coming into spring training, I was just like, still like, oh God, I just don't want to have to relive the same thing that I went through last year. And just like this overwhelming sense of peace, like everything's going to be okay. You know, like I prepare with the best of them, you know, I really do. And everything's going to be okay. And there's just this overwhelming, like sense of comfort, you know, from that. I just saw a wrinkle in time last night. How was it? It's cute. I like it. It's fine. Um, But one of the lines that the Oprah character says to a little girl is from the beginning of time, many tiny decisions have been made that made a way for you to be here. Yeah. Oh, so true. I mean, it just kind of blew my mind. This idea of like, Oh yeah, not, it's not just that my parents had to meet. It's that both of their parents had to meet and their parents Mm -hmm. had to meet and they had to move to the right city. And they, I mean, it, it just blew my mind. This idea of like, I'm not grateful enough for my existence, <laughs> you know, like just yeah. for my pure, like I exist on the planet because God orchestrated 10,000 things over thousands of years to end up with me. Yeah, your, your value and worth is like exponential of what you even would think it would be just because like you said, there's so many things that coincidences, you know, people like to call them like coincidences or things that happened that God orchestrated in order for us to be living what we're doing now. It's it's kind of amazing to think about. It is amazing, right? I mean, it just, I mean, I have not stopped thinking about it since I saw the movie because I don't know why in all my years, I've never one time thought that. I mean, of course you think like, what were the chances that my mom and dad would make the same friend who had introduced them and that kind of thing. But I'm like, oh, like there's so many other decisions that had to go right. Oh yeah. Just and to make a person. Bingo. Like, I mean, the odds are ridiculous and just to think that someone cares enough about you to make you live that, you know what I mean? Like someone that would want to plan and help you live your best life is amazing. Truly is. So when you're playing baseball and all these dudes around you, some of them are believers, some of them aren't. How do you see the people who don't have the same faith we have dealing with their adversities? I guess the easiest way to describe it is you see how people handle things as far as like, if something doesn't go their way, what they do to cope with it or what they do in order to deal with the struggles and not saying that, you know, nobody's like not saying that Christians can't be that way too. And, um, everyone has their own battles that they have to fight and everything. But I think the overwhelming thing that I've challenged myself with and other people too, is the ability to remain not only mature and professional, but positive, um, and try and look at everything through a, you know, the jars half, half full kind of deal. Because the more you say, you know, like I, I've been watching this video and it's talking about like, I am, you know, like tell yourself every morning, like I am great. I'm strong. Like I'm whatever, um, as far as positivity goes. And it kind of really does brighten your day and brighten your mood and allows you to, you know, get out of some of the tough times that you may be going through or allows you to, um, that positive self-talk. Like we talked about when you're feeding yourself with those good things, it's amazing what happens. Um, because of it. But Dan's, I feel like you've kind of been like this the whole time I've known you. This is kind of in you. No, it is. This like positivity. It is. It is. It's like naturally ingrained in me as far as like even with the leadership stuff. Like, you know how I am. I don't like for people to know that I'm doing bad. I And sometimes it can be my flaw too at the same time because all of a sudden something will blow up and I will just lose every bit of it. You know what I mean? Like it had these like big outbursts. Um, but I don't know. It's just It's just been really on my heart to just like be more positive at all times and like try and not let anybody get any type of negativity into my mindset. What has spring training been like so far? It's been fine. I mean, it feels a little bit shorter this year. I've been here for four weeks. I come home on Sunday. can't wait to see my dog. I miss her so much, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I do. I miss her and I miss my shoes. You know, I can only bring a handful of my shoes down here. Well, certainly. I know that's, that's a real sacrifice. You made. <laughs> it's a huge sacrifice, um, but it's, I mean, it's been good. It's a lot of, Somewhat early mornings, um, you know, we, I usually get to the field around eight. Some people get there a lot earlier, but, you know, it's just kind of full of just working on your craft and honing in on your rhythm and, um, you know, kind of getting yourself physically and mentally ready to endure a six-month season. Yeah. 
And so then you come back on Sunday and this, so this episode will come out the Thursday that you got back just now. But, and then the first game, I mean, that weekend is when it kicks off, right? Yeah. So we open on Thursday, play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, get this. This will be my, we have Easter Sunday off. I don't know how that worked out, but this will be my first time going to church on Easter Sunday and with like with my family and I mean, probably at least, at least six years. Yeah. That's amazing that they don't have a game on Easter. I, I don't know how that worked out, but someone told me and I was like, I was like, no way. I don't believe it. This is me not knowing enough. On days you don't have games, do y'all have practice? No, completely off. Okay. You can do like, whatever Annie, you want. No, no, we don't practice. We're professional baseball well, players. Well, we don't practice because, I mean, we play. I know, you shouldn't. We play uh, 162 games in 180 days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. <laughs> is that same for minor league too? They play 140 in like 160 or something like that. Wow. So say that number again. You play 142 games in 100. No, 162 nope. games in 180 days. So you literally have, what's the math, 18 days off over four months. Yeah. And some of those days are travel days. Or like like last year, for example, we were playing in Anaheim. And we got it was a night game in Anaheim. And so we got done. And we had to fly to Cincinnati the next or that night after the game. So I got in bed. We had, we had an off day because when you go from West Coast to the East Coast, you have to get a day off. It's in the rule book. Well, I got to bed. I can't make myself. I got in my bed at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, brutal. So, I mean, you spend the, like, I spent the whole day sleeping. And then that, yeah. that was my off day, spent sleeping. And then the next day, you're back at it. Yep. Which I think is really interesting because one of the things that you have to do in your sport that we all have to do in our lives is just do the next rep. Like, you got to do one more rep. You're going to have another game. You're going to have another opportunity. You... And so many times we, I can, I can walk away from something. You can't walk away from baseball. No, there's no like, there's no sick, there's no sick day. There's no like, all right, I'm going to take my, you know, a little week vacation here. It's like, nope, it's six straight months. And if you're in the playoffs, it's seven. And there's no like, man, I had a terrible game yesterday. I don't want to do this anymore. No, none of that. <laughs> it's just like, well, I got to go back and do this again. Yep. I got to go back to where I just got my butt kicked and I got to try and show up and be better today. Literally could be in front of the same people against the same team. Yep. And the only thing that changes is the pitcher. And you've got to, in your mind, be stronger than the lies that are telling you you aren't going to do any good again. Right. Yeah, you gotta you got to learn how to have that short memory. And all of a sudden just... Ooh, talk about that. Talk about having a short memory. That's interesting. I mean, it, it's just one of those things like, even if you're first at bat, you strike out. Well, you can't allow that to affect your next at bat. So you just got to kind of forget it, flush it, and move on. And it's just like a constant flushing of the negative things and even the positive things. I mean, you can build off of that with some confidence and stuff, but you can't, you can't dwell on it or the next opportunity will just pass you by. So, Yeah, when I wrote about our friend Andrew Harris that played for Vanderbilt and looking for Lovely, he used to tell me that every time he got up to bat, he would bring up in his mind every time in practice that he did that play right. Right. I mean, you have to associate those things with good things. You know what I mean? You can't allow the negative you know, associations creep into your mind like, all right, like this makes me think of this when I did it wrong. No, you have to do it the other way where, it, you know, influences, you know, the positive thinking instead. Okay. So, so translate that if you can, I think it's there. Translate that into your prayer life and into your relationship with God. I think th there's so many times where we go through certain things and we want to blame other people for it, or you want to blame something for it. And it, uh, like, just for instance, like we talk about like relationships, right? And yeah, yeah, you. Oh, we're going there. Uh, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, like in the do not disturb stuff. I mean, there's times where we um, we don't want to be vulnerable again because we got hurt by something, but at the same time, that brings us our you know truest joys in life. And it's understand that God works in ways even if we don't understand it. You know, I I told um, told my friends that I got national championship tickets for um, to the Georgia game, and they're they're huge Georgia fans, and they were like beside themselves as I'm sure you were too. Yep. And you know, I, I just texted them. I said, Hey, like I understand how hard this is. Like I've lived that life losing a national championship. You know, I've lived that life, but I was like, the biggest takeaway for me is how miserable of a life would you live if you weren't passionate about something that could do this to you, that could make you feel this yes. way, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the kind of like the way I, that I would tell people to live is, live for the passion and don't and you can't be concerned with the hurt because it's going to come it's inevitable but you don't want it to prevent you from living the life that it gives you with that joy yeah i mean both of us are unmarried 
And so we both are, have been in and out of relationships with the opposite sex. And I think about that all the time of this idea of like, so my option is either risk getting hurt or don't get anything at all. You don't get the good or the bad if you don't step in and risk. And so you have to have a short memory that's short enough. I mean, you want to remember and improve, but the short memory that says, oh no, if he doesn't return my text, that's exactly what happened last time. Or if he doesn't do this or this, then this is obviously over. And you're like, no, 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 short memory. This is a new dude and a new experience and it's totally different. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, expectations kind of can crush things certain times because when you expect one thing and you get another, you immediately want to just throw it to the side because it's not what you wanted. But when in reality, it could be everything that you needed, you know? That's good. That's kind of... I mean, that's your that's your diamonds back to the Braves, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's exactly like that. I mean, it, it really is. It really is. I, You know this, but I learned so much about how to live my life from watching you guys who are athletes live your life and y- y'all just are not quitters. You just don't quit. You just don't have the option to. I mean, it's just ingrained in us that we just persevere through everything. And I think one of the biggest things that you know I've gotten from the Do Not Disturb series, I've write in my prayer journal every night, is persistent faith. Uh, just because just because it doesn't happen right away doesn't mean it won't at some time or be answered in a certain way. And you just have to continue. Like God rewards um, you know, people with persistent faith and Every day, you just kind of want to hammer away at it a little bit by little bit. And you start to see all of a sudden, wow, like he really, this is how he answered it. And that's one of the things with that prayer drawing, you kind of look back over and it's even just simple things like safe travels for somebody. It's like he answered that prayer by getting them there safely, yeah. you know, and yeah, there's, there's little victories yeah. in all of it. That's right. That is one of my very favorite thing about my journals. Cause I can even look back at ones from college, which has been 10 plus years for me. And yeah, you're old. yeah, I'm super old. We grew up in the yeah. same town. I just grew oh, up yeah. two decades before you did. But I can look back at my journals from college and go like, oh, there are things I asked God to do then that he is doing right now. Oh, yeah. Right. And I would have never known to like thank him and yeah, and be grateful and go like, oh, you couldn't have done that then. If you'd have done that then, I'd have missed some of the best things. You're doing it right now. Right. Um, It's unbelievable. You know, I would definitely advise everyone to keep some sort of journal just to be able to like look back on or reflect on, or like you said, you start to realize like, Oh, that makes sense. Like that's what he was trying to tell me then. Or even, I mean, how many, how many times now do you still like, that's what mom and dad were trying to tell me when I was <laughs> right. 12. You know, right. It still happens. It still happens. And God does the same thing. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. Okay. So let's talk about relationships. What's it like? I mean, you don't have to spill your beans, but what's it like being a single professional baseball player? It's weird because it, it honestly, it's tough because you, we talk about like negative associations. Well, your first one is to not trust people. Friends or women, right? I mean, it's it's easy to not trust anybody who shows up after they know how much you play and how your money gets made and all that stuff. It's easy to be like, yeah, I just don't like people. I don't want to get out of my shell because I don't want to be around these people. Uh, but I mean, that's one thing that I've been taught a lot about is understanding that like that there are people that are worth being vulnerable for and the people that you're willing to be vulnerable for, they are the ones that really impact you the most and mean the most. And that's what, you know, some pastor Kevin said, it's about to open your heart and willing to be vulnerable and, and grow from that is pretty amazing. You know, we've talked, me and you've talked about the girl I've been seeing that, um, you know, we've talked about that same thing. It's like, for some reason, one way or another, after last season, I didn't ever want to go through something like that and be hurt again. And someone that I'm willing to open my life for and be vulnerable for is like, it's amazing the feeling that like you get from it. You know what I mean? Right. And you're not guaranteed anything is going to last forever. You just know that right now is you're willing to be vulnerable right where you are. Yeah. God's timing. I mean, me and her even talked about that a little bit. Just the timing is, is everything. And it's just crazy how he works. Really. Something the Lord's really working with me on these are the moments when I forget that there are people listening to us, Dansby, where I'm like, I just want to tell Dansby everything. <laughs> I know. Let's spill my whole story. That's right, right. Let's just go eat breakfast and talk about it. But I mean, really, I, um, I've just been learning so much from the Lord about trusting His timing and trusting His heart and trusting that He has told me, like, He wants me to be right here. I don't have to look eight months down the road. I don't have to look eight weeks down the road. He's asked me to be right here in whatever He has for me right now and plant, I mean, being wise and whatever, but going like whatever relationships I'm in, whatever friendships I'm in, whatever work stuff is going on, he is only asking me to hold today. 
right? Which is still, I mean, same still fits into your, your idea of having a short memory of going like, God didn't ask me to hold yesterday. I can't worry about the game tomorrow. The only game I can play in is the one I'm playing today. And I think we start to realize the trend. We are the happiest when we are concerned with where we're at right now, with where our feet are right now. I think you get so much joy and energy and, and things like that out of life when that's how you operate. You know, there are things that are going on right now that will impact tomorrow. Yes. But if you take care of them now, then the tomorrow will take care of itself. Yeah, that's so good. I just think I um, am so grateful that the Lord is letting me learn this in a slow kind of way of going like, okay, I can just, I can just let him hold today. You know, like we, he and I can just hold today and I can be grateful for today. I really like the idea of, do, of journaling something at night, Dan. I think I'm going to hold on to that because I usually journal in the mornings, but I love the idea of like, man, look at all that the Lord did today. Yeah. I And that's kind of how I try and do it. And for me, I've always had trouble sleeping and I, my mind runs a lot and I think a lot and it's a, a way for me to kind of get it on paper, whether it's my prayer journal, just my personal journal that I write things in and just kind of be like, all right. I can now go to bed and I've been sleeping so much better since I did that. I really have. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How are you deciding what you're reading in the Bible? You want to ask that again? Because oh. <laughs> I mean, well, the thing is like for me right now is I honestly just try and capture a lot of that from whatever. Uh, just listening to sermons and then you'll go look up that. Correct. Stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a great answer. And, and, and to my, uh, my friends back home, like I, I told you, I've been blessed with so many great people and my friends that live with me are amazing. And, um, we're going to start out, we're not necessarily going to do a devotional together because obviously my schedule is so crazy and I'm on the road a lot. So it's hard to sit there and do stuff with them, but we're, we've like made it a commitment. Uh, we've made a commitment and a standard of our household before I left for spring training. We, I can't make this up. We got out a notepad and I was like, all right, we're going to write down our standards of like how we're going to hold each other accountable for this next year. And the biggest thing was we're going to open up and share more about like faith-based things and um, talk about like how God's helping us or what we're going through and just like more real things like that in order to build our relationship with him, like through each other. What is the benefit of that to you? I mean, what made you decide to, to bring them into that with you? Because I started to realize just how important the impact on the world is and that the people that are closest to me, if we can do that for each other, then the ripple effect. And I just, I just knew that we, could be something great, you know, together and impact so many things if we were doing it with one another. And it starts like within our own household. Yeah, that's that's good. You know what y'all should look up? You know, He Reads Truth. Have I told you about yeah, that before? Yeah, well, we did one. That's what Beatty does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did do one. Duh. Yeah. And that's what our other buddy in the baseball world, Tyler Beatty, does. He does He Reads Truth too. Man, that's good, Dan. I, I think that's such wisdom for me when people know that like right now I'm finishing a book about Lent called 40 days of decrease. And there's four of us that read it every morning and we don't text every single day, but if something jumps out at you or something, or if you like a quote or if it makes you think of something, we'll just text each other. And it has been such, it hasn't been like forced accountability of like, Oh, I got to keep up with these other three people. It's just been like, Oh yeah, I'm going to read today because they're reading today. Right. No, I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I love like having people send you that kind of stuff because you just never know like the kind of timing of, of things that you get sent, you know, and, and things that you send other people. I mean, you know, every time I watch the sermons or whatever, I send it to Mal, uh, this girl yeah. I've been talking to, and um, she, you know, she'll watch them. And she'll be like, wow, I, like I really needed to hear that today. Or I'll send her something. And it's just like, you never know the impact that you have on people, whether it's big or whether it's small. And, you know, it's amazing how that, can really influence other people. How do you feel about having a public faith life? I mean, you have a public baseball life, but also conversations like this and some of the other stuff you say publicly is makes it so that your faith life is yeah, public. So how do you feel about that? I ain't scared of it. I ain't scared of it at all. Um, the one thing like we were talking about earlier, you know, I'm just going to be me. I, and that's me. That is a huge part of my life. And you know, I'm not scared at all to to share that and for people to understand that that's a big part of who I am. I think it's really brave of you, but also really wise of you because it is who you truly are. You're not hiding. You're not hiding a piece of you to try to appease the public. No, I just, I'm going to be me and I just understand that it's important to treat people the right way. And, you know, and that's something that I feel like we often overlook, like, how to be a Christian. It's like, well, just start with treating people how they should be treated. Start loving other people and 
you know, that does a lot in God's eyes, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's that's not just your opinion. That is the truth. I mean, that's what God says. Once you watch my sermon, he'll know uh, from, yeah, from yeah, let's, let's, point. Yeah, hold on the suspense. But, yeah, but love God and love other people is a big part of our call. Everybody's calling on this planet is to love God. If you're a believer and you want to follow the, in the way of Jesus, you love God and you love other people. I mean, that's that's consistent. Everything else is shifty based on who you are. But those two things are in are everybody's. Right. And and to me, like you love other people, that is loving God. I mean, because you're loving yeah. His creation. Yeah, you know, you're right. It kind of work, it kind of works hand in hand. I think you're totally right. Are the Braves going to win the World Series this year? That's, you can't ask that question on this podcast. Why? <laughs> is there? I mean, I feel like there's a shot. I feel like you're healthy. You're in a good spot. It only takes one guy really leading the way, Dansby. This is how I'm going to put it, and I think this is as honest and as real as I can be. Is I think that people will see a huge like step in growth. Um, you know, people are always talk about like the rebuild and all that kind of stuff. But, like we actually have a lot of talent. We got a lot of good players, and being in spring training and seeing even some of the younger kids, just how talented they are and how mature they are for their age, it's it's pretty awesome to think about. Um, you know, this year and, and some of the years to come, and you can never guarantee anything in life, as you know. So I'm not gonna guarantee anything, but I think we are definitely going to take leaps and bounds and surprise some people. Okay, so let's help because I mean. All of our friends listening, that not all of them were pre-Atlanta Braves fans, but now they're all, you're our favorite professional baseball player, if that sounds fun. And so there's going to be tens, I mean, tens of thousands of people who now will be cheering for you. So what position do you play? I play shortstop, which is in between second and third, if, if people Thank don't you. know. Yes, that's really good to say because you just never know. I don't always remember. Um, it's in between second and third. So a lot of times balls get hit straight to you and you throw them to first base. Correct. And you have to throw it real fast. Yeah, because it's kind of far. It really is. Yeah. It's really far. And you're number seven. I am number seven. And you have great hair, so they can look forward to that. Yeah, I, I do um, have good hair, guys. Do you know your bat, where you are in the batting lineup, or does that change? Uh, it kind of changes depending on pitcher and situation and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so, so we'll just have to look for you. Yeah, but it's going to be a good year, that's for sure. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to be an insane person about it. I can't, I'm just thrilled about it. I need to get one of your jerseys. I need to get one of your jerseys, Dansby. Okay, we can make we can make that happen. Dans, I forgot to tell you that when I went and toured the um, Mercedes, I got to tour Mercedes-Benz Stadium a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. I got assigned Julio Jones. Jersey. Did you actually? Yes. That's tight. I'm, I'm dying about it. I'm I know we need it. You can borrow it sometime. I you am can borrow it for Halloween. But now I need a dance. I need a Dansby one too, so I can wear that one too. We can get that for sure. Um, okay, so when people come to your games, they say they live in uh, Houston. Who's <laughs> in Houston? The Texans? No. The Astros. Baseball team. The Astros. The Astros. Oh, Tony. Yeah. Tony Kent plays for them. Yeah. So when they see you and they start yelling, Dansby, we love you because of the podcast, you'll know it's us. Well, I don't know. I kind of got, I got a decent little following. I really do. I think it's, I know. I'm just saying we're, we're adding to it. Oh, I know you have a fan club, brother. I'm not saying we're the only fan club. I love you. And it's because of the podcast. Like I need a little podcast mention in there. So I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's how we're going to separate ourselves from your massive already established fan club. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Are they just going to yell, Dansby, that sounds fun. And you'll know. People be like, what sounds fun? And you're like, no, 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 that's a podcast I was on. Okay, well, now that now that we're establishing that right now, then I will Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. You're going to know. When they start screaming, that sounds fun. I'm going to scream it when I come to the game this spring. And then you'll, like, I'll lead the way. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to look at you with my shoulder shrug, like, what sounds yeah, fun? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then the, the audio guys will be like, someone keeps yelling at Dansby Swanson, and he is not yeah. entertained. Have you picked your walkout song yet? Yeah, but I can't tell. Oh, you, you can't tell it till it comes out. Right. Oh shoot. Let's just put it this way: I will always do Atlanta themed rappers. Oh, that's a great. That's a great one. That's. That's. I gotta stay true to. Stay true to my home. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you don't do country music. You do rap songs. Correct. Yeah. Because there are there is a conglomerate of people who do country. That is, it's like the two options. You're either doing well. Then Chipper Jones did, um, hard rock. Well, some people do some rock. Some people do some rap. Some people do some uh, like house music. I mean, it just kind of depends. There's a, well, a lot of Latin guys do their uh, sure. Latin music. Yeah. So, you know. It's, there's a there's a lot of different things going on. You, you're doing your ATL rapper. Oh yeah, always. Okay, what else do we need to make sure we know about baseball before it kicks off? What do I mean? What is something we need to know about the 18, 2018 season that we don't know? I mean, it starts today technically. It's long. I mean, we already kind of talked about like it is a long <laughs> year, and there are a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. And um, you know, I think I think it really is going to be a fun year for everybody involved. 
uh, baseball truly is an amazing game. Um, it's just you got to learn to understand it and understand like the beauty and strategy that goes behind it that makes it so. It is so much more strategic than I ever knew. Oh my gosh. When I used to watch you guys all the time at Vanderbilt, I was like, oh, this is like a chess match. Big time chess match. And there's a lot of different variables involved and in which is why it makes it such a hard game, you know? And, um, you know, that's why I find so beautiful is it's a game of failure, you know, three out of, you fail seven out of 10 times and you're considered to be pretty darn good. So. Right. I used to, when, when I used to watch Connor play all the time, that's what we used to talk about all the time. And he'd be like, well, yeah, I struck out three out of four times, but I hit a home run. And so I'm, I'm killing, you know? Right. It's, I know it's a bizarre way to look at it, but that's just how it is. We're just not used to getting threes out of tens on like our test score and being okay with it. Right. Maybe that's why y'all, especially baseball player brains, are just better at handling failure and setbacks is because you you aren't expecting a 10 out of 10 ever. Well, it's it's hard to learn, but it's a lesson that is very valuable once you learn it, that it's okay to fail because you're going to get right back up and succeed the next time. Yeah, that's right. So for my friends who are listening, who are now just massive Dansby Swanson fans, what do you want them, like when, when you come to mind, what would you want people to pray for you? Uh, my biggest thing is the continued like strength and, and being who I am and trusting that that process works. Um, you know, I, I always say this, everyone fights their own demons and that we, and actually I pray for everyone and myself to continue to grow, you know, in those times of struggle. Prayer is such a powerful thing and, you know, and you start to see the impact it has. And that's just my biggest thing is like continuing to grow to where I need to be. And, you know, once you're on that path, like, I think that's why I'm so happy is because I am doing that and I want to continue that trend, but it's hard. It's, it is very hard. You know, I, I think sometimes we don't realize enough, you know, we like listen to a sermon and it's like, sometimes we fail to mention that it's not easy and that you get challenged all the time. And there are times where you will definitely fall short, but it's about how you respond to that, you know, and you know, life, what they say, life is 10% what you do and 90% how you respond to what happens. And, you know, and that's kind of how this stuff goes too. And, I just pray that everyone, including myself, and that they would think of that for me as just to continue to, you know, chip away and be strong in all the struggles that you go through. And Dansby, what you wouldn't ever say about yourself that I'll say is, and we don't have to talk about this, but you are so incredibly generous. And not only are you wise and are you disciplined and are you a great baseball player, you do a lot for the community. You do a lot to help people who need someone to step in and help. I really do. And I, you know, I don't like talking about myself and which is one of the reasons why you had to say it because I, know, that's why I started it off. I was never going right. to say it. And even when I do charity stuff, I, I don't make it public. You know, I just do it and do it out of the goodness of my heart. Will you remind us how old you are? I'm 24. Yeah. I think people need to hear that you're 24 because, um, you have wisdom and you know, I feel this about you cause I love you to pieces, but you have wisdom and, um, just insight that is so beyond being 24 years old that it is not even, it's not even funny. I'm so proud. I started to realize that a while back that I was just different. For whatever reason I am and I'm okay with it because God obviously had a plan for me to be different like this. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, Dan's last question on the podcast. What sounds fun to you right now? Like if you say you had two days off, you could do whatever you wanted. What sounds really fun to you right now? Watching March Madness. I love really? it. I love it. Yeah, I love I love watching my Duke boys. I really do. You do love Duke. Watching, yeah, watching them. And that sounds fun right now. And you know what else sounds really fun? Is a good dinner. Oh, tell me, where, where would you go? Would you do Atlanta? Tell What's your favorite restaurant in Atlanta? Favorite restaurant in Atlanta um, would be my mother's house. <laughs> <laughs> your mom. She's so sweet. Mama Swan. Oh, she's the greatest. Oh, speaking of, thanks for sending her the book. Oh, pleasure. I'm she, glad they got to her. To tell you. I also sent one to Mal. So, oh, did you? Yeah, I said, thanks, here's a really good thing that you need to read. So, Oh, thanks. I would have sent her one. You should have just let me. If she wants any more, just let but, me know. But I just, I got it off Amazon, so we're good. Yeah, well, that's sweet of We're balling. We're balling uh, out here. That's right. Okay, so outside of your mother's house, like if you were taking, if you're taking Mal to dinner somewhere and your mom is out of town. Right, right. Um, well, See, it's funny. Like, I really don't go out to eat that often in Atlanta. I love, I love the Marriott Square. Oh, yes. Yeah. Say where. Listen, come um, on. But, like, yeah. as far as, like, real fancy stuff goes, there's a place in Orlando. It's called STK. And there's yeah. one in Atlanta, too. Um, and it's so good. It's delicious. Um, where is your place on the Marriott Square? The, what is it? The Stockyard right there. I love going to that little oh, place. Oh, yeah. The Burgers. Yeah. I love that little place. And then 
when we went to the local for breakfast that one time, that French toast, that uh, fried chicken and French toast was remarkably good. And if I do, as I always brag, that night you won the game for the Braves. <laughs> right. So what I'm saying so, is I need to have you around way more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and me and the local are going to have to happen a lot because you killed it that night. Let me know when you're coming oh. again so we can hit that place up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, all right. Good answers, bud. Well, um, is there anything we forgot to talk about that you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. I do not think so. Just be nice to people, please. Uh, that, you know. Be positive. Like, fuel yourself with that. It, it, I can't say it enough when you talk about, like, the analogy of what you eat, what you put in your car, the whole thing. It's the same true for your mind, and it's challenging because we're always surrounded by negativity, but I promise it's it's worth it. Yeah, that's right. Well, Dan's, I'm real proud of you, buddy. I love you a lot. I'm really glad to be friends with you. I love you a ton. Yeah, you're you're the best. I mean, 24 years old, you guys. Are you just like, like if I could have strung sentences like that together when I was 24, I'd be a different human right now. I mean, what a wise and good dude. I'm just so happy. And I'm glad that we're like adding to his fan club. Like the That Sounds Fun friends are now adding to the Dansby Swanson fan club. So if you are watching a Braves game ever, now you have a friend who plays for the Braves, you guys. Isn't that the coolest? So make sure you go on social media, tell him thank you for being on the show and that you're cheering for him this year. And we will be the friends who will not give up on him if he has a slumpy game, okay? We're just going to be positive, cheering friends no matter what, okay? So that will be our goal. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode with Dansby and want to hear from some more athletes, you know our buddy Tim Shaw is on the show. And then there's also a buddy of ours that we mentioned. Um, Connor Harrell has an episode. Now listen, let me tell you about Connor's episode. There was a day in the podcast life where I had to (laughs) record the show and edit the show myself, and I was terrible at it. Connor's episode suffers from my terribleness. So that is your warning. It has some volume problems, but I believe in you. You can handle it. You can listen to it. But just giving you a heads up about those. Hey, if you get a chance to rate and review this show, I would really appreciate it. It just kind of helps people know that they are welcome here and what the show is kind of about. And if you have any friends that are big baseball fans, send them on over. Let them hear this interview with Dansby. Everybody needs a favorite player in Major League Baseball. And for what it's worth, I think our guy is Dansby Swanson. He is just the best. Hey, if I can do anything for you, if you need me, I'm easy to find. AnnieFDowns.com. The F is for fly ball, which uh, Dansby won't hit fly balls, just home runs and singles and doubles and triples. So Annie F Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you need to find me. I'm embarrassingly easy to find. So I would love to hear from you. Let me know who else you'd love to hear on the show. We're booked up for a couple of weeks. We've got a great summer coming up on the podcast. Y'all are just going to love it. In fact, even next week, is one of my very favorite friends, authors, businesswoman, Allie Worthington. She is just the smartest, and I think you're going to absolutely love her. So we are in good form. What am I going to do that sounds fun today? Well, I am going to eat dinner with Rachel and Winston Cruz. If you haven't heard their episode, you can back up a couple weeks and hear them. And it is our Wind Down Winston Wednesday, except it's Tuesday. But we are eating. I'm getting to eat dinner over there. So I'm going to go hang out with them, probably laugh a lot and hug on their kids. And I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you will go out and do something that sounds fun to you today, too. Have a great day and we will see you next week.